0: Good morning, and welcome to Wavemakers on WMNF uh, with Janet and Tom, a weekly conversation with people making a difference in the Tampa Bay region. I'm Janet. And I'm Tom. And answering the phones for us today is the erudite John Dunn. If you want to join the conversation, give John a call at 813-239-9663, and he'll get you through to us. Um, Or you can email us at dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885.
1: Today's wave maker is Freddie Barton, executive director of Safe and Sound Hillsboro, a community violence intervention program established in 2013. Safe and Sound partners with the state attorney's office, the sheriff's office, police departments, the public defender's office, and many others. The organization's mission is to prevent deadly violence by getting at its root causes, such as mental health issues, substance abuse problems, and poverty.
0: Um, Freddie, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about um, how Safe and Sound got started um, from the beginning?
2: Sure. So Safe and Sound Hillsboro was initially formed in the aftermath of the shooting in Newtown, Connecticut at Sandy Hook Elementary. Uh, former County Commissioner Kevin Beckner wanted to pull together a think tank of individuals that could come together and, and look at what causes things like that to happen and how to prevent Hillsborough County from being the next epicenter of a major tragedy. And what we found is the best way to go about that is to look at preventing it from happening in the first place, finding out what causes a person to get so despondent in their life that they feel there's no other option than to cause harm upon themselves or others. So we look at the contributing factors of violence. We look at... Uh, dilapidated neighborhoods and, and deteriorating neighborhood conditions, mental health, uh, lack of coordination of services, uh, policies and gaps in our policies and inequities in our all of our policies and systems. Uh, and then at the root cause... The looking at the family and community unit, how, how do we address those issues? All of those things play into violence. And if we do not address them, we see the propensity of violence to increase. Uh, we see right now that we're seeing a rise and uptick in gun violence in, in the city of Tampa and Hillsborough County in general. Startling numbers that we've had so far just in the first quarter of the year versus all of what we had last year. And so we have to continue to ask ourselves what causes this to happen. Let's address those issues. And hopefully we'll see uh, the needle turn.
0: Do we know, do we have any ideas about what is causing that in this first quarter of 2022, this increased gun violence?
2: We're starting to see some of the same things that we've always seen, right? We know that, and we're starting to see an increase in juvenile arrest in in our youth. Whenever you look at a, a deteriorating neighborhood, you have to look at, do we have quality out-of-school time opportunities for youth? Do we have uh, mentorship opportunities? Do we have support for families? Do we have good relationships between community members and law enforcement? Are our policies equitable and fair across the board? Do we have um, adequate supports in and outside of our schools? If the answers to any of those questions are no, we need to address those or else we'll see violence increase.
0: And you uh, started 10 years ago, about almost 10 years ago, nine years ago, very modestly, the Safe and Sound Hillsboro started with a different name and at basically in two abandoned rec centers. Is that community centers? Is yeah, that
2: right? Yeah, we uh, we initially started as the Hillsboro uh, County Violence Prevention Collaborative, and it started as this think tank. And over the, the, next cor- the course of the next three to four years, we started really forming an action plan to go into target areas, East Tampa, University Area, Plant City, and South County, One key strategy for reducing violence is utilizing public spaces and making sure that vacant spaces are now converted to thriving uh, conduits for community conversations and programming for youth and families to come together. So we took... Uh, two facilities in Hillsborough County, one in the eastern part of the county and one in town and country. And we've converted those long dormant spaces into academic learning hubs. Mm-hmm. We have one set up as a space for juveniles if they get in trouble and go through the juvenile justice system. We work with turning them around through mentorship and academic credit recovery. And then we also use it as convening spaces for faith-based groups, for community groups, for neighborhood associations to come in and bring their, their partners and their stakeholders together. Well, how much do you think
1: that the pandemic has to do with this recent increase in uh, violence, particularly gun violence?
2: Yeah, uh, you know, the pandemic did a lot all, all across the board. What we saw is uh, people, people were forced into this, this moment of stress, and, and we have not yet come down from that. Uh, the, econ- the economy took a, uh, took a hit. We saw that uh, people began to, uh, as they were kind of confined with one another, the lack of social skills and the lack of mm-hmm. supports for families really caused you know, some major issues, and we're still seeing the ripple effects. When we look at violence and gun violence in our community, we have to address the big elephant in the room that guns are accessible to our kids, and they're able to get their hands on it because of things that we aren't doing as, as adults, like securing our firearms, mm-hmm. keeping them locked. You know, we, we've, we've lost sense of what our responsibility is to make sure that kids stay safe, and they don't pick these things up in the first place. In fact, gun sales have gone up, during the pandemic, right? absolutely, gun sales, ammo sales. At one point, you couldn't find anything. Now, you know, unfortunately, we're starting to see because the gun sales went up, we see that now there's more accessibility in the hands of kids.
0: If you're just tuning in, this is WMNF WaveMakers, and we're talking to Freddie Barton, executive director of Safe and Sound Hillsboro, which is a violence prevention organization. Um, you're talking. You were talking about. Um, The increase in gun violence, especially in the increase in youth arrests. Um, You've got some partnerships um, with the Hillsborough County and Hillsborough County Schools to address that coming up. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Absolutely. First off, Safe and Sound is a partnership between all of our major public offices. So when we look at the partnership, it's the Board of County Commissioners. It's all three cities of Tampa, Temple Terrace, Plant City. their members of their agencies of law enforcement. The state attorney's office, the public defender's office. Our public defender, Julianne Holt, is our board chair. Uh, We have the Children's Board, the School District, the Sheriff's Office, the 13th Judicial Circuit, and a host of other community agencies that all come together. And what we do as a leadership council is we listen to the community and find out what their needs and and desires are to better their communities. And then we provide resources and programming in response to community needs. The community needs of West Tampa are going to be different from East Tampa, from Waimama is going to be different from Temple Terrace. So we go into each one of our target areas and we focus on what those immediate needs are. And we provide programming services and then advocate for policy change respective to each one of those community needs.
1: We actually have one of those important partners on the uh, line right now, uh, County Commissioner Gwen Myers. Commissioner, are you with us? Can you hear us? Commissioner Myers, can you hear us?
3: Yes, can you hear me?
1: We can. Thanks so much for calling in to uh, talk about uh, your partnership with uh, Freddie Barton's group, Safe Sound Hillsboro.
0: Tell us, um, Commissioner um, Myers, you're working with Safe and Sound Hillsboro on a, uh, a gun safety initiative. Is that correct?
3: Yes, it is. And,
0: and tell us a little bit about uh, your interaction with Safe and Sound Hillsboro. What made you um, think of them as a good partner for this initiative?
3: Well, Safe and Sound does, uh, first of all, thank you for having me to join the show this morning. But Safe and Sound does excellent work in our community, always reaching out to young people, uh, young boys and girls, to make a difference in our community. And as the four-year-old uh, child was shot last year, I was happened to be driving that particular day, and I said, wow, who can I think of to help with this um, gun initiative that I want to do? And I said, wow, Freddie Boston, safe and sound. And I immediately called Freddie and offered, hey, $50,000. said, well, you know, Commissioner, I'm looking at we need to get a coordinator and all. What about one hundred thousand? Okay, sounds good. <laughs> but anyway, the board of county commissioners approved last fall for October one two hundred thousand dollars as initiative to help with our gun violence in in the community. And Freddie has done an excellent job in providing the needed workshops. We've held three uh, so far, bringing the community together to help us save one child. And this is what it's all about. We have the funding there. We're in partnership. Uh, one of the things we just... And to say that is the Children's Board has 158 agencies that they contract with. And so we were able to, as a Kelly Paris, Executive Director of the Children's Board, can, could you put something in your contract that talks about the, the gun violence on educational? Because that's what it takes with this gun violence, how we have to work in our community, not be afraid to talk about this, the hottest issue right now in Hillsborough County, is is gun violence. And what could we do as a community to save one life?
1: And how do you do that, Commissioner? It's such a a daunting uh, challenge. Uh, What are the strategies that you all are working on? to try try to reach these youth, and so they they don't turn to guns as an answer.
3: We're working through the school board, the Boys and Girls Club, the Y, Hillsborough County, City of Tampa, Parks and Recreation. Wherever our youth go to, we have to educate them, why not to pick up a gun? Don't pick up a gun. If you see it, say something, you tell someone. And I think the education of prevention is very good, Uh, With that, also, we have PSA announcements at um, gas service stations. So when you're there pumping gas, it pops Hmm. up uh, about the importance of uh, not wanting to have a gun and the safety of our children. So when we can do the educational preventive, it goes a long way. Because if you notice, and also let me mention our Head Start. We have to talk about it from Head Start. The youngest child picks up a gun, as we can recall, the young mother that being shot and killed on Zoom, Uh, head stop child, probably going to show the mother the gun and end up killing her. Mm -hmm. Okay? So that's why it's so important that we have to talk about the gun safety of that from head start all the way to senior high school so that um, some people will understand that a gun kills.
1: A yep. gun is not a toy. That's an important message for a young child Absolutely. to understand. It is not a toy. It's not to be trifled
0: with. Mm-hmm. Um, well, right, Commissioner right. Commissioner Myers, thanks for calling in. We appreciate it very much.
3: Okay, thank you. Bye-bye now.
0: Bye-bye. So, Freddie, with, with Commissioner Myers and what you're doing with the schools, that is an education, a gun safety education program. Absolutely. So that is one piece of what you do.
2: Yeah, that's just one piece. I mean, you know... First, first, talking about the gun violence initiative, uh, we know that we have to provide awareness and education. And part of that education is reaching out to the community to let them know you know, this is bigger than law enforcement. The sheriff's office can't, can't get the guns off the street. The Tampa Police Department can't get all the guns off the street. We can't. But the community can tell us where they are. The community can uh, develop that relationship with Safe and Sound and members of law enforcement so that we can get this out of the hands of kids. When you think about a, a PSA or a video that you've ever seen about gun violence and stopping violence, you see this bullet moving forward. But we don't think about the tragedy that happens when that bullet moves forward. It's not about we're saying that people Don't need to have guns. It's understanding the wreckage that it causes. Imagine for a second now that same bullet moving backwards. Mm -hmm. And that it's moving backwards through a a shattered pain that no longer is shattered. And you see this image of a young man that's graduating now from high school because his life wasn't taken to gun violence. And it moves backwards. And you see a a mother now able to hold her child at night and, and kiss her goodnight because she was no longer struck by an accidental bullet. It keeps going backwards and backwards. All the way till it gets back in the barrel of that gun, gun that's now locked up, secure, and now this teenager or, or adult or whatnot can't even get access to it because it's secure. We all have a role to play to make sure no more shat- no more shattered lives. My my most important role uh, outside of Safe and Sound Hillsborough is I'm a father. I'm a mm-hmm. father to two young men, two young men of color, an 18 year old and a 15 year old, and and I talk to them as I talk to my friends and and, and have serious conversations about. Why do you think, what do you, why do you think this is happening? What do you think is needed so that young people like yourself won't go down this path of thinking that picking up a gun is the solution to your problem? Mm-hmm. And they give me real answers just like the young men and women that we work with throughout the community. It literally takes everybody coming together to listen to one another so that we can find the solutions. Another
1: issue that you have uh, uh, brought up in this group is mental health. Absolutely. Particularly mental health first aid. Yeah. Since you're going after the root causes, tell us how this is, plays in to the campaign to. Uh, ease violence.
2: You know, it's interesting. Right before I got here, I was at a meeting. Uh, it's a two-day workshop. It's called Sequential Intercept Mapping, where we're looking at the gaps in services between uh, for youth and juveniles that have either mental uh, impairment or mental illness and or substance abuse uh, concerns and how those systems and, and those services need to overlap and we need to coordinate it. We have to continue to throw mental health and mental wellness at the forefront of every conversation. When we look at what happened in Sandy Hook, when we look at what happened with Marjorie Stone Douglas in our in our backyard, we know that we have to look at mental wellness as a real public health crisis. We we see in, in the city of Tampa alone, we've got 65 shootings that have happened year to date. We're talking January to April. So mm. four, in four months, we have... Almost we've already surpassed the total number all year of 2021 in just four months. Wow. When we look at that, we see our our suicides, our murder suicides are going up. We have to make sure that services are available. Safe and Sound provides mental health first aid training for free to residents and organizations throughout Hillsborough County, and it teaches individuals to pick up on signs and symptoms of someone that may have a mental uh, impairment, and they're able to provide that initial triage or that initial handoff of services to make sure that that person gets help as soon as possible. We are trying to expand that even further. We're now doing it virtually. We're doing it in person, and we're wrapping more supports around that. If we do not thrust more time, effort, and resources into mental health, we're going to see that we're going to see violence increase.
0: And I, I'm really intrigued by the mental health first aid program because we, every time there is a, a, a mass shooting and there's stuff that happens with guns, we talk about the mental health issues. And providing more mental health treatment is expensive, difficult. We know what a struggle that is with health insurance. Absolutely. But what you're doing is more of community-based. It's community-based, and and it has to be that way because... The truth is,
2: in some of our communities, our communities of color, traditionally, uh, we do not go after mental health support. You know, it was almost taboo for a while that Mm -hmm. you you couldn't go and say that I don't feel okay. And and the message is, it's okay to not feel okay. It's not okay to not do something about it. And so we're reaching out to our faith-based community because that's an engine that should be working in tandem with our clinical side of life to make sure that everyone knows if you don't feel okay, there's support and help for you. And it's okay to do it because you're helping yourself as well as your family.
0: Does the mental health first aid train people and how to deal with somebody in a moment of crisis, how to de-escalate? Is that something that you all uh, focus on?
2: Yeah, there is a portion of that. And, and shout out to some of our members, our agencies of law enforcement, so the Sheriff's Office, TPD, Temple Terrace, Plant City, for adopting a co-responder model where if there's an incident out in the community and someone is exhibiting a, a, a mental uh, illness, And they're part of, you know, there's an incident, a legal incident that now the sheriff's office will not just send a deputy out there or a team of deputies, but also a a clinician or, or, you know, someone, a mental health professional to go out there and assess to see if there are services that can be provided to this individual. So we're now seeing an overlap of services from law enforcement to our courts, to our communities, that that's the only way that we're going to crack this nut.
0: Um, if you're just tuning in, we've got um, Freddie Barton from Safe and Sound Hillsboro with us. Um, you can join the conversation and let us know what you think about how to prevent gun violence in our community by giving us a call at 813-239-9663, or you can send us an email at dj at wmnf.org. So if we're talking about the, uh, the de-escalation and the mental health um, Are people getting specific tools and and how do they get the training? How do they participate in the mental health first aid and what kind of tools can they expect to get when they participate in that?
2: Absolutely. So the first thing is you can go to our website, safeandsoundhillsborough.org, and click on the link under our programs and services. And it's a 100% free um, training that we give. It's over an eight-hour training that individuals, one, will understand the signs and symptoms and then also understand the tools that can be deployed to help de-escalate and also further assist. Uh, part of that training, you do get uh, materials to take with you that you can study. And then there's a longer portion that we're working on now. Um, mental Health First Aid is an evidence-based uh, initiative. Uh, we are providing it for adults who work with uh, adults, adults who work with youth. And now we've just adopted a teen-only version of mental health where mm-hmm. and it's providing that training to teenagers so that they can provide that service to other teens, almost in a peer let model. Oh, that's great. You, you know, because the truth is, is you know, I, I consider myself a cool dad, right? So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I you seem,
0: mo- seems super cool. Yeah,
2: I, I ride motorcycles, I <laughs> got tattoos, or I speak, you know, some of the language. Um, but as cool as I think that I am, I can't communicate to my sons better than their friends can. I can't understand half the things that come out their mouth. I don't understand the language, right? So if we get peers that are, you know, teens that are working with teens, that's a way to get message out. Whenever we try to create a program... We go to the community that we're trying to work with. So if it's teens, we talk with teens. If it's East Tampa or West Tampa, we find residents and stakeholders in that community. And they're the ones who tell us what's needed. Because if they don't ask for it, whatever we're doing is not help at that point. Mm-hmm. So we have to leave from the community first.
1: And uh, the the kids that you're dealing with, particularly the ones who have m- perhaps they're dealing with mental health issues, mm-hmm. are they reaching out to these um, these other kids who... Because they they need some sort of community. What what is it that's driving them
2: to 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 act out in a violent way? Yeah. So there's no secret. I mean, we have we have got a, a, a swath of kids who have a lack of social skills. Right. Um, social media has created an environment where bullying is so much easier, right? And and it's created the anonymous bullying. And so when someone gets cyberbullied or, or something goes on on school and now someone records it and they put it on Instagram or Facebook or something, that doesn't go away. And because of that, now you see more lashing out, you see more fights that are happening because of the lack of social skills. So what we've been working on is getting youth to talk with other youth about coping skills, anger management, stress management, that it's not it's not that serious. You don't like me. You said something about me. Is this really going to affect my sleep tonight? No, it should not. And if it does, here are people and here are some resources available to you so that you can deal with that so that we don't see kids making choices that will hurt them for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. We have a, an interesting email from uh, Wendy Malloy
1: who is involved hey, in Wendy. Moms <laughs> Demand Action. Hey, Wendy, thanks for writing. Um, Wendy writes, besides electing better leaders, storing firearms securely is the number one thing parents can do to help keep their kids safe. Moms Demand Action's Be Smart program gives parents and educators, the adults, not the kids, easy tools to remind them how to securely store their guns. SMART is Secure Guns Safely, Model Good Behavior, Ask Other Households, your kids' visits, whether they have guns in the home, recognize the signs of suicide and the accessibility of guns, and tell your friends and peers about the Be Smart message.
2: That's also, you know, and someone always, you know, I usually get this question, well, what can we do right now? What can be done to address this gun violence issue? And for everyone that's listening, here's the one thing that you can do right here, right now. Go in your child's room you know go in your child's room look under sure. the bed look in the closet look under the pillowcases forget the forget the p word the privacy word there's no <laughs> privacy when we're trying to stop gun violence right everyone should go in the kids rooms and check and if you find something that should not be there and if you don't feel comfortable calling uh, the authorities call safe and sound call a pastor call a friend call someone that you trust and say, I need to get this out of, out of the hands or out of ac- accessibility uh, window or pain of my child. We, have all, we all have a responsibility to, to take care of this. You child. may be a cool parent, but you've got to be a parent. You've got to be a parent first, right? Right. You've got to be a parent first.
1: Exactly. Uh, so uh, your mission would be difficult without all the partners you have, and we happen to have an important partner on the line right now, uh, our public defender, Julianne Holt, who uh, is also the chairman of your board?
2: Yes. Here we
4: go, Julie. Uh, you on the air? Good morning, everyone.
1: Good morning.
0: Um, thank so, Julie. You um, have been partnering with Safe and Sound Row. Tell us about that partnership. How do you all work together?
4: Well, uh, I was part of the founding group uh, that created uh, this concept after the uh, uh, the idea was born, and so uh, I've been with them. To- from the beginning and it's a it's a great partnership um for what we're doing and what our mission is more importantly what it's allowed me to do is I, I met freddie barton and he has now become he himself has become an integral part of our uh public defender's office in the manner in which uh we address uh our youth in particularly our youth of color as well as um our participation with him in the evening reporting center and in our uh, Juvenile Holistic Advocacy Program. So, uh, he—it's really a great partnership that benefits that benefits our youth uh, and everything that you know about Freddie, everything you've heard about Freddie, his coolness, but more, <laughs> importantly, more importantly, his ability, his ability to, to get through to uh, to to our youth to really make it real, make it uh, the way it is, uh, and, and really explain to kids uh, what the risks are that that they're. Placing themselves in how better relationships are important, how making good decisions are important. He really can talk. And, um,
0: and tell me how it. that works. How do you bring the? How do you bring the the kids to safe and sound?
4: So safe and sound goes to my children. <laughs> <laughs> uh, safe and sound goes into the juvenile detention center, for instance. Uh, safe and sound uh, participates in our uh, daily detention dockets in order to identify our youth who have been brought into this juvenile justice system. But we we believe that through the efforts of Safe and Sound and through the interventions that we can uh, put together and through the services that we can provide, we believe that we can afford them that second chance. I
0: see. That's so that's they, you look through the, your arrests and then Safe and Sound, and we, you, you, you match them up, basically, Safe and Sound. You say, we've got this kid here, and Safe and Sound comes and maybe does an intervention or...? They uh,
4: they participate. So, for instance, if you've been arrested, you're going to be on a detention docket the, the following day unless you're released into back into your family's uh, care. So you're going to be on a detention docket, and, and Freddie actively sits through that docket, and we identify between him and between the courts and between our office, we identify the, the kids that we believe uh, can be can be benefited by the Evening Reporting Center, by our Juvenile Holistic Program that we have, and by the... The the services that Safe and Sound can bring into that child's life. No. We have we work with mentors and we work with uh, attorneys uh, in the private sector that will help actually guide the child through the system. While we're doing the actual casework, they are assisting the child almost uh, almost like if you have a team of people together that are going to find a way to make you successful through this court program that you're going to have to, to, to go
0: through. It's interesting the way you put that a, a team to help these kids become successful and get a second chance. I'll you, a lot to unpack there with what you said about why it's important and I'm wondering if you can tell us also Julie like this is a community violence intervention program. In your world, what role do these organizations play? How important are they um, to what you do?
4: They're 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 extremely important because they're they're they are the ones that can intervene. They are the ones that can follow the child outside of the, the justice system. They are the ones that can uh, actually walk the child through all the all the really difficult challenges that come with uh, being involved in a criminal justice or a juvenile justice system. And you know, people think it's easy to go through a system. It is not. Uh, we have adults that struggle, so you can imagine our youth and how they struggle with. Where do, you go, uh, where do you go find someone to mentor you? Where do you go find someone to tutor you? Where do you go find someone that will teach you about finances? Where do you go find someone who mm. will care whether you had a, a meal today or not? And by partnering with uh, individuals like Freddie and Safe and Sound and with Crossroads for Kids, by, by partnering with these folks, these are folks that really have a vested, for real, in their heart, Interest in making these children successful, but, but more importantly, really affording them, opening a door for them that has not been opened in the past.
0: Hmm.
1: Freddie, I understand some of the work involves putting on mock trials. Yes. Yeah. yeah
2: we to, we we started that a couple of years back. Uh, Dr. Kathleen Heidi from USF actually leads that committee, and you know sometimes it's. Kids don't understand what happens when you pick up a gun, and and if you fire a gun, it doesn't just affect that individual. It affects that individual. It affects you. It affects your family. That family. A whole community. And so we put we let the the students uh, participate in this, and they replicate. An actual case that happened here uh, locally, and to see them walk through this process as defendant, as prosecuting attorney, as judges, and we have partners mm-hmm. with the public defender's office, with the state attorney's office, with our with our judicial uh, staff, and the kids put this together, and we have yet to put on a mock trial centered around gun violence, and the kids not say. This is an issue, and this is a problem. One hundred percent of the youth come through and say, "We have to do something about this issue."
0: Interesting. Um, uh, Thank you for calling in, um, Julie. We appreciate it very much.
1: Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of the. We also have another caller on the line, who is another important partner of yours, Hillsborough State Attorney Andrew Warren.
5: Andrew, are you there? I am. Good morning, everyone.
1: Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us on WaveMakers. Um, can you tell us how uh, the state attorney's office is uh, interacting with Safe and Sound Hillsboro and how that's helping in your job?
5: Well, Safe and Sound Hillsboro is a critical partner for the community to try to prevent violence before it happens. Obviously, the state attorney's office uh, it does the prosec- prosecution work at the back end of a case. So a... A shooting occurs, a violent crime occurs, and we all know the process. Law enforcement jumps in and begins investigating, and hopefully we can build a case against the person responsible and then put them into the system to hold them accountable. But that is a back-end solution to these types of problems that are affecting our society. And what our neighbors want is the crimes to stop occurring in the first place. We want to stop seeing kids shooting kids. We want to stop seeing kids making these really dumb decisions that affect their lives and other people's lives for for years and decades to come. And so a preventative model is a necessary complement to all the work that happens in the criminal justice system after a crime occurs to make sure that we're doing everything we can to prevent that in the first place,
1: Because once they're in the criminal justice system, it is hard to get them out, isn't it?
5: It absolutely is. I mean, the reality is that every contact a person has with the system makes it more likely that they have more contacts with the system. So when one of the goals of our system is trying to prevent recidivism, trying to discourage people from reoffending and steering them on a path to where they're not going to commit future crimes... You have to be careful, you know. We obviously want to prosecute people for committing crimes, but we have to be mindful of the fact that going through the prosecution and putting them in prison and putting them through the system and even putting them in jail... Increases the likelihood that they end up reoffending. Hmm. So that's why you have to do things other than just simply close your eyes and blindly prosecute and hope it gets better afterwards. You have to invest in prevention. You have to invest in reentry. You have to invest in rehabilitation. And you invest in prosecution. And together, those investments become an investment in community safety.
1: We were talking earlier in the show about the uh, recent increase in violent crime, particularly gun crimes, and whether it is somehow. Related to the pandemic or some other cause, have what? What are you saying, uh, Andrew?
5: Well, we've seen crime increase around the country, uh, violent crime increase around the country over the past two years. It's happened in red states and in blue states. It's happened in rural areas, in urban areas, and in suburban areas. This is not limited to what certain people are doing or certain demographics or where certain people live. This is a problem across the board. And researchers have struggled to identify explanations, but they tend to agree on a couple things. One is that uh, the economic pressures from COVID and the disruption it's had in our economy has made it harder for people, which typically leads to an increase in crime. Mm-hmm. One is that you're seeing more just social unrest, people upset with what's going on and breakdown of family and community structures, and COVID's made that even worse. And the third is the prevalence of guns. I mean, let's not forget that having lots of guns in the community means more guns for that fall into the hands of the wrong people. People who are criminals, people who are mentally unstable, kids. So all of those factors together have contributed to an increase in violent crime around the country in essentially every corner of the country over the past couple of years. The question is, what do we do about it? I mean, uh, let me be crystal clear. If you're pulling a trigger and you are killing somebody in this community, you're going to get prosecuted and you're going to prison, Period. But we have to think of those other options to prevent the crime from occurring in the first place, to discourage the reactions that happen in the community where, well, my friend got shot, so now I'm going to go out and get my mm-hmm. payback on him. There are a lot of things that can be done beyond just simply having law enforcement investigate and prosecutors prosecute. And I'm grateful that this community has embraced that vision, that we can make our community safer through lots of ways other than simply Doing the things that we do in the courthouse every day, there's the prevention, there's the reentry, there's the education, there are economic and educational things, mentorship aspects. So all of this comes into making our community safe. And Safe and Sound Hillsboro is really at the the tip of the spear in fighting those battles outside of the courthouse.
2: You know, uh, do they, I, kids- I want to just add something real quick because I, I want to make sure we give credit where credits due. It, what's really interesting about Safe and Sound Hillsboro is that you have the sheriff, you have the public defender, you have the state attorney's office, you've got community groups that, you know, would in other areas not necessarily jail and vibe, right, because of their natural placement and things, but they work together. And and when State Attorney Warren talks about prevention, yes, we have to look at those who are committing these offenses, but then we also have to figure out how to address the services that they need, as well as victims. One of the things that the state attorney's office did is, is implement a strategy to disarm domestic abusers and make sure that those individuals don't have access to firearms um, once they commit certain offenses. So kudos to them. The Public Defender's Office looks at not just defending individuals, but seeing how they can prevent individuals from either getting into the system of further decline. And the Sheriff's Office and law enforcement agencies all work together to help us do that. So it's the partnership that is really the power behind Safe and Sound.
0: Do you ever court order kids or people to participate in this? How does that work?
2: Yeah, so uh, as Mrs. Holt brought that up, so every day, unfortunately— Uh, I'm busy at 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning. We have juvenile detention hearings every day because juveniles are getting arrested every day. And if they meet a certain criteria, uh, they're automatically scored and ordered to us. Uh, if they don't, if they're more deep in, the state attorney's office will say, yes, we're willing to let them work with Safe and Sound Hillsborough and be mentored um, as a condition of them going through uh, the judicial process. So it helps the youth mm-hmm. uh, because otherwise they would be confined for a certain period of time.
0: Well, so. not only that, I mean, uh, a, a kid who's getting into trouble like that isn't likely to go seek help and say, hey, I want to go to the Safe and Sound Hillsborough so they'll keep me from shooting a gun.
2: Right, but, mom, <laughs> will, but mom will when they find right. out what's going on. Or and say, Look, Andrew,
0: Warren, and Julian, and Holt will. You know yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll get them there, right? And we've had, we've had uh,
2: opportunities where both the state attorney and the public defender came together and said, look, let's take this kid or this group of kids and let's let Safe and Sound work with them. And we've had great successes with that.
1: Wonderful. Thank you for calling in, Andrew. We have another call that's coming in. So uh, we appreciate uh, your participating in this discussion.
5: My pleasure. Thanks so much for having the conversation and just shout out to Freddie and everything that his team does at Safe and Sound Hillsboro. They are such an important asset in our community, and a lot of people don't appreciate the great work that they do every day.
1: And thanks to you for taking a holistic approach to criminal justice. It's a of
5: breath course, of fresh air. That's how we keep everybody safe. Yep.
1: Thank you.
0: Uh, yeah, we've got another another caller on the line, and if you want to call, you can um, dial 813-239-9663 and tell John you want to chat with us, or you can also send us an email at dj at uh,
1: We have David on the line. David, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. You have a question or a comment?
5: Yeah, I was just curious. Um, I, I believe it's in Seattle that has like a social work response team that's kind of like a a um, co-responder alternative to police. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know if, if Hillsborough has considered something like that, or is that kind of like what safe and sound is, but I'm just curious if there's some uh,
2: tie-ins with that program in, in Seattle. Yeah, it's actually similar to what uh, what I talked about earlier, the co-responder model, that instead of just taking a law enforcement approach to incidents in the community, that there are a team of, of individuals that go out, whether they're behavioral specialists uh, re- responding to a potential Baker Act situation, or we have uh, juvenile caseworkers that go out and assess uh, what's happening in the home. Um, there are multiple things that are going on right now that the community just doesn't know about, right? And, and you know, you mentioned Seattle. Seattle's doing some things There's some things going on in Missouri we, we, And we take um, little nuggets here and there And apply that to some of the strategies That are being put in place now um, We can't do enough uh, Because we always see that there's, There are other things that we can learn from um, But as long as we get The community to buy in and help us um, To figure out our next path And our next strategy We'll get somewhere
1: Okay, David, thanks for calling Did uh, Does that answer your question?
0: And again, the, the number is 813-239-9663. If you want to call in and provide your comments on on gun violence in our community, we're talking to Freddie Barton from Safe and Sound Hillsboro. Um, another program that you have that I think is really interesting, you mentioned this and actually Julie mentioned it too, is the financial literacy. Yep. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, what kind of what, and you, I think you have something coming up for girls sometime soon. or Yeah, is that so a,
2: some, what last year, and we're going to try to do it again this year, is we have uh It's a financial literacy camp for females that come in. You know, the truth is that uh, our young people are told, hey, go to college and get a job, or if you don't go to college, find a job, go to get employment, uh, and and do something with yourself and and your life. But we don't talk about the need to understand credit, understand cash and how cash, uh, you know, needs to be applied. How to keep a budget. How to to manage your, yeah. The days of the checkbook, right? They're they're all gone because everyone replaced it with the debit card. Yeah. And, And credit. It, and we talk to all of the kids that we work with that credit's easy to get at first and but it is terribly hard to get once you screw it up and you need to treat that as gold. and we, we, we make sure that they understand that because the truth is there are two great equalizers in, in a person's life. education, and then financial literacy mm-hmm. education to make sure that you have an opportunity to move and surpass the barriers that uh, that are presented before you and financial literacy so that you can help build wealth for yourself and your family and ultimately be a betterment to your community.
0: Mhm. Well, how does what is how does that work with the financial literacy program? You have folks who come in assist or accountants?
2: Yeah, we have we have a partnership with several financial institutions. We've partnered in the past with Regents Bank. We've partnered with Wells Fargo. We partner with credit uh, individuals that specialize in credit repair, and they impart words of wisdom. Uh, I participated last week, and I'm going to participate tomorrow. Uh, with Future Career Academy that brings together all the graduating seniors of all the schools in the county. And one of the things we talk about is how do you prepare for the next phase of your life? Mm-hmm. Part of that is looking at credit and understanding financial basics, understanding what it means to actually get a job and, and keep a job. What does it mean to access services? What does it mean to long-term plan and long-range plan? Um, those are the things, the, all of these little nuggets we have to put in front of our kids so that they can move on to the next phase of their life.
1: Another issue that you have focused on is fatherhood.
2: Yep. So tell us how
1: fatherhood plays into this anti-violence approach that you're taking.
2: You know, one of the sad truths, and it's one of the big elephants in every room, is that we, not just in our communities of color, but most, you know, all of our communities are seeing the lack of fatherhood and the lack of family stability because of that, the lack of that male presence. And so we, at Safe and Sound Hillsboro, we've created mentorship components that put male role models in front of these young men that that commit these offenses and get in trouble so that they see that someone actually gives a damn about you that we can you know we one of the lost arts is is tying a tie and and you you'd be amazed at seeing when we have men to speak in front of these young men and teach them how to tie a tie the level of pride that just gets right in on their faces because they learned a skill They appreciate someone teaching this to them, and they see someone that looks like them with this knowledge and a transference of wisdom. Just having that small impact does wonders uh, with these kids. So we know that we have to have fathers back into the homes. And if there aren't fathers in the home, find male role models that are willing to step up and step in.
0: Yep.
1: Uh, do, can you talk about success stories, some kids that you have reached and have uh, diverted them to a good
2: path? You know, I'll give you a, I'll give you a, a very personal story, uh, and this also speaks to the, the partnership of Safe and Sound. Uh, several years ago, there was a young man, uh, he was 13 years of age, and unfortunately, he was uh, a victim of bullying on school campus, uh, in middle school, and uh, they he got into several fights. He was jumped by a couple of kids, and they videoed it, and they kept putting it out for on, on social media. Hmm. And he got to the point where he made a, a threat and said, if this happens again, I'm going to do something about it. And unfortunately, this young man brought a, a firearm on campus. Uh, He didn't take it inside the school, but it was outside of school grounds. And he he didn't have an intent to go in and hurt anyone. He just wanted to defend himself because he had had enough. Uh, The state attorney and the public defender came together and saw this for what it was and said that this this is a kid who got hot-headed. We think that he can be turned around. And uh, there's one organization and, and a person we need to talk to. And and I took this kid on as a, as a personal mentee. And the first thing I realized about him was, you are a 13-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. That, that's exactly what you are. Uh, and you've, you've played these video games. You think that life is a fantasy. You think that you know you can respawn if you lose your life. Um, <laughs> and, and we worked with them. Over the next three years, this kid uh, just changed, uh, you know, over not overnight, but over the three-year period, never got in trouble again, served as a peer mentor, a tutor. He, he had a very honest conversation with us and said, you know, school is not necessarily for me. I want to do something else with my life. I want to want to get a job. I want to work. And he decided to just go early and get his GED early and mm-hmm. said, Mr. Freddie, I just, if it's okay with you, I said, look, you're, you're moving on. You're making strong and positive choices he has since graduated. He's got his high school diploma. He's working. He actually worked part time for us for a while as a peer mentor. And now he's got a full time, a full time job. And he himself is the first stable bank account that's been in his family. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's when we see things like that. It's easy for us to get the wind taken out of our sails because we, we see in the news, oh, there was another shooting that happened in the community. But we can't get despondent. We can't give up because there are stories like this that tells us that what we're doing is great. And everyone says the same thing. If we can just save one, mm-hmm. then we, we've done our job. It, it, it's all worth it. And Sounds so, like you saved one. Yeah, we good, did. Good we did. for you. We've got, we've got a couple more like that. So. We have another
1: caller on the line. Uh, Kyle has a question for you. Kyle, are you there? Yes, I
2: am.
4: Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Hi. Um, I'm an ex degreed recreational therapist, and I've been in, really enjoying your program and listening, and I know there's part of the brain that doesn't understand consequences. It doesn't really develop until you're about 25. In your frontal
2: cortex, yep. <laughs> yep.
4: And and I used to work, I generically say for people don't, who don't understand what a RT is, is that I work with three-year-old fire setters to 80-year-old heroin addicts. And I want to get involved. I do a lot of um, service work. I'm actually behaviorless with dogs. But how do you get involved to become a maybe a
5: mentor or... Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, so safeandsoundhillsboro.org, that's the best way to reach out. I'll give my number 28136953985 8136953985. My my bosses will tell you Julie Holden and Andrew Warren will tell you. I never go to sleep. So feel <laughs> free to call or text
0: anytime.
4: Okay, fantastic. Thank you very much for all you do.
2: Thank you.
0: How much of, uh, of your work is done with volunteers? What, we
2: actually, we can't do this work unless we have volunteers, right? Uh, you heard Commissioner Myers say that, you know, safe and sound, the county gave us $200,000 to run an initiative throughout the entire Hillsborough County footprint, right, 1,000 mm-hmm. square miles, so that's impossible uh, <laughs> to do. But we're, we're doing the best we can. The only way that we can leverage what we have is through the community and getting volunteers. And we we try to coordinate. Safe and Sound is not in the business of creating programs here and there and starting something new but rather leveraging what's already being done in the community. April 30th, Tampa Police Department is having a family fun day to uh, address gun violence and having they want people to come out, and we're going to have that in the East Tampa area. We want people to come out and participate. And if there are mentoring groups that are out there that say, you know what, we really want to put something together with youth and law enforcement, Safe and Sound's here to help put that together with you and provide that technical assistance. So we stand at the ready to help anyone that wants to do this work. We are always looking for volunteers. What we really, really, really need are more mentors. We have youth, unfortunately, every single day that are coming through the juvenile justice system. We can't keep up with the pace if we don't have community behind
0: us. Uh, so, if you want to be a mentor, they just you contact Safe and Sound Hills. Contact Safe and Sound Hillsborough. And are you looking for men, women, black men, black women? We're looking for anyone. Women.
2: Well, and, and I'll, I'll give. You I would the, think black men are. We're looking for anyone that wants to, to that has a heart for this and wants to work. But we do need. Uh, we need our, our men of color to help us and step up our, our black and our brown our latino communities we need individuals that look like the youth that are coming through the system mm-hmm. to say there's another way so yeah you know, we have to do that shameless plug we need our black and brown men to help us
1: we only have a few more minutes left in the show let me reintroduce our guest uh, we are talking to freddie barton he's the executive director of safe and sound Hillsboro, a community violence intervention program if you have a question or a comment please call us at 813-433-0885. Or you can DJ us at...
0: Or email us. Email us, I'm <laughs> sorry. You can at us DJ and at WML. <laughs>
1: and, and the number to call is 813-239-9663. only have a few more minutes. But, Freddie, uh, you did talk about uh, men of color. Mm-hmm. You are a yes. man of color raising men of color. Yes. Tell us about the unique challenges that poses...
2: You know, in in our house and in, in households of color, uh, even in 2022, you know, I have a great relationship with, with our sheriff and with our new police chief and, and our police chief in Temple Terrace and police chief in Plant City and multiple members of law enforcement. But the truth is, is that despite having great relationships with members of law enforcement, my son, who's 18 years old and has his own car and drive, I still in 2022 have to have a conversation with him about what to do when you get pulled over, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, things that you have to do. Make sure that you have your hands on the steering wheel and not in a threatening position. Make sure you ask for permission before you reach for your registration. Make sure that the first thing that you let that officer know is that there is not a weapon in the car. That is a very hard conversation Mm -hmm. for a parent to have with their child they want the best thing for we're working with law enforcement to make sure that we don't have to have and we, you know in communities of color we call it the talk and there's not one person of color who does not know about that concept um, and, and so but we have to ask ourselves why in 2022 do we still have to have that mm-hmm. conversation? When we saw what happened two years ago in, in Minneapolis with with uh, George Floyd, you know, we knew that we had a strain with law enforcement and community, but for the first time we saw someone lose their life live for mm-hmm. 8 minutes and 46 seconds. And so we've been working hard, uh, and I've been working hard personally because I live this life with, with two young men of color that I want so much for and I see so much life and so much progress that they've already made and so much uh, of a possible future for them. But unless someone doesn't care for them, I have to fear, you know, and and so we have to Uh, understand that there's strain and stress in certain communities, and we all need to work together to fix that. There's long-term trauma that has happened in most of our communities of color, and we all need to do a better job at fixing that and moving forward with positive relationships.
1: We've been talking about fatherhood, and uh, there's a new state law that the governor just signed uh, that is going to pump millions of dollars into the issue of fatherhood. How will that intersect with what you're doing?
2: You know, I think it definitely will help us as we try to uh, expand our mentorship components. I think it's going to provide some type of relief for fathers who are trying to do the right thing, right? Um, the the truth is, is now especially we're starting to see a younger generation of parents who don't know what the hell to do, right? We have kids raising kids, mm-hmm. and. I, it's, I always joke that the, these kids don't come with operators. Manuals, right, 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 they don't. And they got to have so, somebody there to show them what to do. You, and, and if you never had someone to show you what to do, how are you expected to do it for yourself? And now this this being that you have that you're over, you know, that you have charge over. And so hopefully this bill is going to funnel resources the right way to pro, to arm these these young men with tools to help their, their children uh, move in a positive path. Because if we don't, then it's just off or not.
0: Well, it goes back to what you were, we were talking about Earlier about the um, what do you call it? The suit, show up and suit, suit up and show up. That idea of not having men in in these young people's lives and and the the roles that they play. even if something as simple as tying a tie. Right,
2: right. right. Something as simple, you know, the, the adage is people don't care what you know unless they know that you care. And and that's true. Kids really want to see that someone gives a damn about them, and they want authentic uh, people to do that. I mean, kids can smell BS you know, a mile away, mm-hmm. but if, as long as you show them I truly do care and you stay consistent, mm. that's one of the biggest problems in, in, in our community now is that, Everyone wants to do something until it gets hard, Mm -hmm. and then they stop. And so you have to keep showing up for these kids, being consistent with them, showing them that I'll be here today, and I'll be here two weeks from now, I'll be here two months from now, and if you have a problem, you know that you can always count on me. As long as we do that, we will move forward. So what's your biggest challenge moving forward here in the next uh, year or two? It's just making sure that we've got the community uh, behind us in in our efforts. Again, this gun violence issue is bigger than any agency, 65 shootings that's include that includes fatal and non-fatal just in the city of yeah. Tampa and we're not even to summer yet school has not mm. gotten out so you have to think about that that if school hasn't gotten out and these kids are already committing these offenses, what's going to happen if we don't have something in place for these kids? Something to keep them positively engaged. If we don't get parents to look in these rooms to help us to find out where the guns are, if we don't secure our firearms, if we don't make sure that these things are not accessible to kids, and if we don't put uh, practices in place to help kids deal with conflict, and if we don't provide wraparound services for families, we are going to have a big issue on our hands.
0: Um. Freddie, um, thanks for being on the show. Why don't you give us one more time the um, the web address so sure. people want to get more information on Safe and Sound Hillsboro or want to volunteer.
1: If you've been inspired by anything you've heard today, mm-hmm. this is a great group to join. Absolutely. Tell us how they
2: can get in touch with you, Freddie. Our website, safe, it's all spelled out, Safe and org. We're also on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Don't ask me how it works. <laughs> uh, so I'm not a social media savvy Better person. get on TikTok. Yep, yep, I'm trying. I'm going to have my first TikTok challenge with some kids uh, in the next couple of weeks
0: great um- So thanks for being with us. John, thanks for answering the phones. Thanks to all of our callers, especially um, Andrew Warren and Gwen Myers and Julianne Holt. Really appreciate it. And Thanks to all the folks who emailed um, and texted and listened today. Um, Stay tuned for NPR news, followed by music from Harrison Nash. Um, And Harrison will be marking Earth Day. Earth Day is Friday, April 22nd, so Harrison will be celebrating Earth Day on his show this afternoon today Mm -hmm. from 12 to 3. Thanks for tuning in. This is WMNF Tampa.